back to the Talking Wolves podcast. I'm your host, Matt Cooper, and today I'm joined alongside Dave as a party. Dave, how are you keeping, mate? Smile on your Very face. Well, thank you. Yeah, smile on my face. Good win. Um, comfortable win. Uh, yeah, it should be a good po- podcast, mate. Thank- thanks for asking. That's all right, mate. No problem. By <laughs> Finn Morris as well. Finn, how are you? I've also got a smile on my face. Yeah, happy, happy all round. Um, I don't know. Like, I'd, you'd be crazy to miss that game of the weekend, wouldn't you? So, um, yeah, really, really happy. <laughs> no jaw today. Uh, I'm sure he's got a smile on his face, but I believe he's schmoozing some clients in London. So, unfortunately, can't make it. But yeah, we are missing. We always do miss him. But you know, yeah. we're still, we're still, we're still strong in a, in a three as as, as, as we are on a four. He had a good cameo on the fans react though. He messaged me saying, "If you don't want to use it, you don't have to." But it was pure <laughs> Sean Dyche of his his voice. I was going to try and clip it, it up. Content as well. Yeah. <laughs> I was going. I was going. I was going to try and clip it up and, and and play it, but I haven't had time. But if you if you want to go back and listen to it, it's, uh, you know you've played really well there. <laughs> played really well. Probably the best performance I've seen since we've come up. So <laughs> good impression. Bang on. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he has suggested that he may have lost his voice in other means and ways than singing at the game. Um, <laughs> something to do with being away in Israel or something like that. I'm not too sure. But anyway, moving on to the more important stuff, lads, let's start with that game at the weekend. Now, I will I will stipulate that I have seen, I did watch the game, but I wasn't at the game. I was away with family at a, um, a cottage retreat in Macclesfield and it was it was lovely. But by the time the game kicked off, I was in a pub and I was I was pretty smashed to be honest. So I did watch the game, but I remember the goals and I think that's about it really. Everything else seems to become a blur. I've, 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 some things are coming back to me, but I think you two guys will probably <laughs> sum the game up a little bit better. You um, like Klopp? Do you just don't count the third yeah. goal because you didn't see it. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps I need to stay away a bit more. Perhaps that's perhaps my bad omen for the team. But um, Dave, Wolves had two weeks to to stew on this game after the City defeat. Do you think? Do you think maybe that helps Lopetegui maybe try and instill some of his methods in, into this team? It certainly looked like it from, from where yeah. I was. Granted, not very much, but. Firstly, imagine if George came on the pod fin and said that he missed this game to go away with his missus. Matt would have been giving him pelters, so it's, it's a good job George's <laughs> here, to be fair. No, yeah, but I'm a disciplinarian. If there's a problem, he'll just get booted. So <laughs> yeah, he, knows, he knows which way his bread's what, buttered. What was there during COVID? Jack, Jackie Weaver just booted him from the... What, is that the name? You have no authority here, Jordan Russell. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No authority. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Um, you know, we transfer window was done. I think we can all admit it was a pretty positive window for Wolves and Lopetegui's had that time to sort of uh, you know, like you said, focus on the players, help obviously with the fitness because we had quite a, you know, in January we had a, a tougher run of fixtures, not necessarily the difficulty of games, but there were, you know, we had three midweek fixtures, I think. The FA Cup replay didn't really help. So I think to actually have a nice prolonged break would have helped a lot of the players, even a lot of the players that went to the World Cup as well. Um So, yeah, it was a little, a little bit of a blessing in disguise, but it, it was fantastic. And obviously the players like Craig Dawson, Lamina, who's obviously now been in a couple of weeks, Um they really, you know, everyone played fantastically well. And uh, that extra time to prepare and, and the extra time to relax and get our condition uh, even better, I think, would have been a huge help for Wolves. Dave, before we before we move on to the lineups, I'm I'm, I'm thinking pretty much the the, the build up from what I heard uh, changed a little bit, hadn't it? I've I've spoken a little bit with the club and Dave. You know, they're they're really open to trying new things, new songs, new kind of match day um experience to try and get that feel good factor a bit which which is really encouraging to hear because you know the club needs to be open with stuff like this but you said there was I mean you and I both love Elvis anyone who was in Benidorm knew, knew we loved Elvis the Rose and Crown <laughs> and the Cabinet night but did was there was a, a bit of a change I heard the whole the whole uh sort of experience seemed a little bit different. I think as we all know and again this is something that comes with the lack of games and I think the Wolves fan base in general have always got something to moan about. But with the lack of games the last week or so, it that was the focus on social media, the atmosphere. And I think with the new signings, everyone was talking about different chants or different ways we could get this atmosphere better. And I think the pre-match build-up was a lot better. 
in terms of the songs they played. They were, you know, songs that everybody knew, whether they were old or new. They played songs that everyone was familiar with and songs that could relate to Walls. And like I said, probably five, ten minutes before kickoff, The Wonder Review came on. Um, absolute belter. Like you said, Benidorm classic. Um, and, and straight away, you know, I sat in my chair and I thought, oh, my God, get in. Like, you know, get I had a little feeling. You know, get I me on that strip. Yeah. I had a sneaky feeling before the game. I thought we were going to be up for it. And then that then, I think I tweeted, Elvis has been on, so just announced the three points. Um, but it was much, much better. I think there's still a long way to go. Like the half times and time just seemed a bit crap again, if I'm honest. In, mm. in terms of not that it was like crap's too harsh. I think it wasn't bad or disorganized, but just the same old. There wasn't anything new, just the music. They had the Astro Pay challenge and then music again. That was it, really. Um, and then after the game, you know, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but no gold music throughout the game. Which again, I didn't realize till after the game. I was like, hold on, we've not had any gold music. And then mm. after the game, they left it at like two or three minutes to allow everyone, you know, to get up for it. And then they went straight in with the, um, I don't actually know the name of the song. Is it Le, Le Amour? Le Amour to Jaws, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. They went straight in with that. Whereas I would have gone with a couple of the others and then gone with that after, like built up to it. They just went straight into the gold music and it just didn't didn't feel natural. That didn't, to be honest. Okay, well, everything else. Song, over here. Yeah. <laughs> Now, but they're all they're all go- it's stepping in the right direction. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. With the with the half time, it's a, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a tough one, isn't it? When we come on to the game, I know it's a more important thing, but <laughs> you want you want a bit of a compelling half time experience, but you don't want it to be too compelling because people won't go down and buy a pasty in a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can see it from yeah. both sides, but yeah, they need uh, I don't know trying to find that balance, I, um... isn't it? On the half-time thing, I don't know whether... Like, this isn't a general thing. This is probably just for this game. It's like a very, very small criticism because I think in general everything did improve. But were you out for the Zhao Gomez reveal, Dave? Because I think they did that a bit yeah. early. Like, I'd say there was, what, a third of the fans no, in the seats. Too, Maybe yeah. you could have done that. It's a bit I underwhelming as well. The atmosphere, wasn't he? the atmosphere for it was crap as well, I thought. Yeah, so yeah. it wasn't the big sort of thing they were hoping. Whether they could have done that a bit later or at half-time. Like, I think, was, was Wang before game? I think he was a half-time, wasn't he? Yeah, Wang was pre-Manu, was it, last year? Yeah, I can't. Yeah, but yeah, that was a little bit of an anticlimax. But apart from that, yeah, it's definitely going in the right direction. I think the the, the club are, tr- are keen to get fans in just earlier than just before kickoff as well. Mm. So, because I think that's a bit of a problem as well. Like pretty much, so like, most most don't like turn up until like three or four minutes before the kickoff, and even even then, some turn up after. Now you could say it's because of the problems queuing and stuff. But anyway, off the topic of match day experience. <laughs> But back onto the topic of match day experience and atmosphere, Dave. The the biggest driver of a, a better match day experience is performances on the pitch. And my word, what a performance it was! There was a the lineup was was quite strange, wasn't it? It went with a four four two and Nunes on the left. And admittedly, when I saw that and, and I saw they were playing that that four four two and Nunes on the left, I thought he's going to have a lot of joy there. How how did you see it? And like I said, I'm led by you guys on this. So. <laughs> <laughs> I thought obviously I think when the lineup came out, everyone just assumed it'd be the same sort of four three three that we've been we've been seeing uh, since Lopetegui came in, really. Um, but yeah, you're right. Throughout the game, Nunes almost played as that as that left midfielder, which I didn't dislike at all because I think it gave you so much it gave you so much flexibility in how you wanted to play and so on. And I thought I thought he suited it quite well. I, I, I I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure if it is, you know, the position that I'd be playing him every single game because I know, I think we know how, you know, talented he is. But, you know, it's so flexible because he can just so easily tuck back into a midfield three again. Um, but it, it, you're right, you know, performances and goals was were a massive drive. You know, I thought the atmosphere for the first 20, 25, 30 minutes was great. Died down a little bit towards the end of the first half, but I think that's obviously when everyone's sort of going into the concourse again. But second half, it was really, really good again. And it felt good. It just felt like it was pre-COVID, the way we were, you know, we were chanting, the way we were going at the Liverpool fans. You know, they, they you didn't hear them once, really. The only time you, you saw them was when, I don't know if you saw it, Finn, they were just doing like, I don't know if it was, they were doing a, let's pretend to score a goal in the middle of the stand. In the middle. Yeah, but then I think that's when they were kicking all the chairs in as well. To be I honest, think, so. yeah, I thought it was. I think they were jumping on the chair. I mean, I don't fully know, but I thought, what are they doing in there? And then that area had no chairs in it, so it might have. Might yeah, have yeah. Up, I don't know. But it just felt like a pre-COVID modern new atmosphere mm. again, and I think a big, obviously, part of that is us scoring the early goals and scoring three goals in a game, which is unheard of for us. 
Finn, what were your thoughts on it? The the, the, the subtle tweak to the um the, the starting lineup and and yeah. it obviously worked. It's a fantastic start. I can't remember the last time Wolf scored scored a couple of goals in the opening half hour. Never mind twelve minutes. No, yeah, I suppose me and you as um, North Bank sufferers, we don't often see see many goals in the first half. But yeah, well, South when I saw the lineup, don't see many goals at all, mate. So we've got it good. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> Molyneux sufferers. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, with the with the team, obviously, I just assumed it'd be a four three three. So much that I saw um, Sky better boosted Neves to have a shot on target, and I thought, oh, in the three, he'll be more advanced. Only with Lamina sitting. So I put a whole pound on that because it's been boosted to two wow. to one. No, no, on. but no. <laughs> and thankfully the, the shot the shot went in. No, I think I put a five on it. So you know, look after the pennies. But anyway, yeah, I thought it'd be more of that. It didn't turn out to be that. And initially, when I started to see Nunes over there, I thought, God, any I suppose any natural left winger would be itching to be up against Trent. Like, and when you've seen what like Matoma and that have done to him recently, so I wasn't quite sure on it. But in the end, yeah, it did work um, quite well. I thought Huang in that that wide right position as well. It was such a shame that he went off in the first half because he was having a a really good game. Um, and yeah, up until half time, we're absolutely cruising those two early goals. I mean, they're not the prettiest, but they're goals that we haven't been scoring. I mean, Dawson, I know we'd um, we'd joked about his um, his uh, goal scoring prowess, but he gets what four or five a season. But it was taken like a striker that one. We just yeah. haven't had someone that just whacks it. I mean, I said to my mum, if that falls to Pedence there, he'd dummy it. And I mean, he's our top scorer, so I don't want to criticize him too much, but. It does just feel very, very basically that we wouldn't whack it. And it was so refreshing to see an old British bloke, and at a risk of sounding a bit Brexit, <laughs> just whack the ball into the net. Super. Have it. <laughs> the thing is, though, like, it, if that if that usually falls to a wall centre forward, it's in the other car park. Well, the fact it's fallen to a, a, a 32-year-old British centre-half who's slightly receding, Have it. Who, who looks like he probably couldn't <laughs> run a bath. <laughs> Obviously, that's not the case, but he's absolutely levered it. And Dave, uh, what was it? What was it like then? Once that second goal went in, were, were you still thinking we could lose this game? Because <laughs> I was. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I, I think I think the key thing was to get in get into half time without conceding. Uh, but even after then, like when Liverpool putting the pressure on for like the first 10, 15 minutes of the second half, I thought one goal here and it just changes the game completely. Mm. And that's why. It, I think I celebrated the third goal more than any because I just thought I knew then we we've got the three points it's secured and I thought it was such a well worked goal, but the the uh, the Dawson one was interesting because I did the old faithful we won the free kick or whatever it was and I said right two nil Dawson I you know I say it to about two nil Collins it up for Nathan Collins I mean yeah, Nathan yeah. Collins had a one nil yeah yeah <laughs> uh, I said yeah two nil Dawson obviously the ball got half cleared I thought oh. And then when it come back out to him, like you said, brilliant finish. But I, I did think he'd start. I thought he would start with Collins, though, personally. Mm. Um, I was really surprised to see Kielman stay in there. But both of them, bar one error each, they both had almost a, an immaculate game. Um, and Huang as well, like you mentioned, Finn, I thought when the lineup came out, I was like, really? But again, even his own mistakes, like there was once or twice, it was a really poor first touch, but he'd go and win it back. Like, you just mm. work work his socks off to win it back. Um and I think Lopetegui got the lineup bang bang on, considering he sort of blamed himself for that City game. I thought, you know, it was bang on. But yeah, brilliant finish by, from Dawson for the second goal. But yeah, like you say, it's nice to have players all around the pitch scoring goals. And I know we're all crying out for a striker in the January window. But if you can start getting your midfielders and defenders grabbing two or three goals each before the end of the season, we'll, we'll be in a decent position. Yeah, definitely. Finn, Dave mentioned there about Huang and... Um, if he lost the ball, he'd win it back. I look at that lineup, and I think for me, I mean, obviously, seeing how they play, but it just screams energy. Um, is is that how you saw it? I know fans of lauded Lamina, who you know I've rated for for quite some time, and I know Dave when I said we were signing, I was like, it's going to be a really good signing. It's really good business. But mm. is we've all been <laughs> we've all been crying out for a dynamic midfielder. <laughs> but I think I think in most Wolves fans' heads, they think a dynamic midfielder is as someone who can pick the ball up and drive. Whereas Lamina can do that, but like laterally as well, like he covers so much ground. He's like having two players in the midfield, and he, he just he's all over the all over their players like a wet flannel. Like is is he the missing piece to that to that jigsaw? And were you impressed with him on Saturday? Yeah, well, after needing several pieces for a midfield jigsaw, now with those signings, I think you've got what, six, seven 
uh, six, <laughs> seven players in that midfield to be able to play in there. And I'll be honest, after that sort of Man City, what did he have, sort of 60 minutes, when he got that early yellow, we really didn't see the best of him. And I thought, oh, maybe he has sort of waned since his time in the Premier League. But no, yeah, Lamina was probably man of the match for me, him and him and Dawson and Neves probably going for it. But I was very, very shocked to see with my betmate team, I was feeling very smug that I had Lamina in there. So see, he only got four points because I did feel like he won the ball, honestly, touching 100 times. I thought we were on for the first 100 <laughs> points around betmate. He was, yeah, absolutely everywhere, as was everyone. And it did help that we were playing a, a less confident Liverpool team. And it helped the Wolves more confident that we don't just sit back against Liverpool like we, we used to do. We went at them for every ball. And more often than not, I'd say the 50-50s, we were winning 75-25. Like it was it was really, really encouraging. Um, I'd say like when Dave said about celebrating the third goal, it almost felt like we needed to get a third in that first half to calm the nerves because we were so on top. And then obviously we did sort of sit back, but it was by design to get that, that third goal. But in that period of time, yeah, where we were at them, at their throats, we were, yeah, unbelievable. And if we can do that, and albeit a team low on confidence, but a team with that quality in there, I think it really bodes well for the rest of the season. Why can't we do that to, to everyone? Yeah. I, I know Liverpool are, are low on confidence, but I still think it's a massive kind of scout for the for, for the squad in terms mm. of um, breeding a bit of confidence. Because, you know, last, last I know they're not doing great this season, but last year, they won for the quadruple, like, they're still, still an excellent team. Yes, I know they've got injuries and stuff, but... Hopefully, like they can take a bit of confidence from that and and and, and kick on. But Dave, you mentioned there about um, Kilman and and Dawson. Do you think that Collins dropped out purely because of the balance? Obviously, Dawson right-footed, Kilman left-footed. Because yeah. like 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 you, mate, I, I was surprised surprised that Collins wasn't in there. Yeah, yeah, and I think you're exactly right. You know, one's left-footed, one's right-footed, and. <laughs> Dawson playing the way he does, if he continues with that, can Will Collins get back into this team? You know, as mad as it sounds. Um, I think obviously he could come if he if he's comfortable enough playing on the left of a back four, and I'm sure Lopetegui is going to be trying that in training and so on, then you know, I'm very happy to give him another chance in this team. But that would based on Dawson's performance, it it was fantastic. Like nothing phased him. Like I said earlier, he made the one error where it was a sloppy pass, but I think the West Ham fan said when we did the transfer video, like long-range passing, you know, mm -hmm. he's actually really good. But short-range passing, if you're trying to play out from the back, you might have an issue. And that's one thing I noticed on Saturday. We restricted that a lot more. And all of a sudden, you know, we were talking about Jose Sarr a couple of weeks ago. I, I would have said that Jose Sarr had a really good game, but it's because he wasn't, he didn't have to have the ball at his feet too much. He didn't have to panic. And Wolves, I think with the Lamina... Lamina and Neves helped it a lot more, but we had more options uh, when we were on the ball at the back. Well, we just went direct and that helped us a lot as well. You know, if there was any sort of pressure rather than putting pressure back on Jose Sarr, we just went direct. Um, and I think, again, Matt, you said it a couple of weeks ago, yes, you're going to lose possession and so on, but it really put the pressure on Liverpool. And even Matip, every time he had the ball, just looked so shaky. Um, and I think it worked really well. So... I think long-term, Lopetegui will want to try and get this play out from the back and passing it around the back system uh, integrated. But I think it's probably going to be another year or two once he's got the defenders he wants and once he's got defenders that are comfortable on the ball. I've seen I've seen your tip before. It does look a bit shaky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, uh, when, you, when you say went direct, though, who, who, who are they trying to play up to? Well, it, it, wasn't just, it wasn't just like route one or hoof ball. It was sort of into the channels. So I mm. thought the, the movement from obviously Cunha, um, Huang and Sarabia was, was good enough. Um, but even there were like sort of low driven passes, which were, you know, really good as well. But just in general, I just don't think they were, they still played nice football. Don't get me wrong, but they just didn't rely as much on Jose Sar, which I think was a big, you know, a big part of that. Um, and I mean, you've seen the video, Matt, at the end of the game of the passing it around for the last three, four minutes without Liverpool getting a touch. So we were knocking it about quite nicely. But I just think we played it a lot safer, I would say. We didn't make as much risks against Liverpool. And I think that's been the difference between us on Saturday and us in previous games. Although we've played good football, we've made too many mistakes. On Saturday, we made very, very little mistakes. And when Liverpool made mistakes, we punished them for it. Yeah, you know, we spoke about obviously the playing out from the back quite extensively on the last couple of podcasts, and we're saying, well, he obviously needs to get the players in to to play how he wants. But then a couple of people have said, like, well, it's about finding the sweet spot, maybe like adapting how you play. And I was yeah. like, no, 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 that's how he wants mm -hmm. to play. But don't you don't mind going direct because it's 
you might not win the first ball, but you, if you win the second ball, you still... That, you know, it was happening a lot, though. Territory. But the, playing with that team, with that energy, it allows you to, to swarm teams. Whereas if you're playing with Matinho and Neves as a, as a two, it's... As good as they are technically, they don't really have that. Maybe, maybe, maybe Neves, but don't really have that ability to press the way that Wolves would like to do. We're, we had it a couple of times where, say, for argument, Samedo again, I thought had a good game, but there was once or twice where he was almost caught with his back to goal and he had to sort of try and swing a pass forward. And he did. And then, mate, Robertson or Trent would knock it out for a throw in. And yes, you know, they've intercepted it, but you've probably gained about 40, 50 yards straight away up the pitch, where whereas five seconds ago you were under a lot of pressure. So it was just little things like that that were that were going our, our way. And I think picking up three points on Saturday was massive for us because then you look at our next three fixtures, and I'm not I'm not sitting here saying we're gonna win all three, but we've got Southampton, Bournemouth, and Fulham, which I know Fulham are probably in the best form out of the three, but I would back us to get points in every single one of those games, and all of a sudden the league table looks completely different. Mm. It's weird, isn't it, at the minute? Because like Forest are picking up points. Everton, obviously, still unknown quantity with Deutsch, but started fantastically. I, I think like even like a Palace or someone could get like sucked in. Well, even Villa, I know Villa have got a little bit of a cushion yeah. us at the moment, and I know they've been good under Emery, but they were poor, they were poor against Leicester. So I think anyone in that bottom half has still got to be cautious. I think at the moment. Yeah, mm. definitely. Finn, let's talk about Ruben Neves. He's it's really been a coming of age this season for him. I know, I know, we've been poor, really poor. But for me, I'd probably say this has been his best season as a Wolves player. He's been outstanding. Yeah, and I think that goal equaled his best ever season goals wise as well already. And we're only in February, aren't we? With a with a World Cup chunk taken out. So, yeah, it's a shame that he might leave us on the highest of highs, like best ever season in a Wolves shirt. But yeah, it, it oddly you get slightly emotional. That's what, I mean, obviously it's the situation to go 3-0 up against Liverpool, but just to see Neves score, he's, he's just ugh, probably going to be one of the best players we'll ever see in our lifetime at Wolves. And to have that almost loyalty, I know you could argue George Mendes sort of predetermines every player's uh, future, but the loyalty that he showed, it, yeah, I'm going to well up here now. Like it just to see a player like this <laughs> so have him for so bitch. long. <laughs> but but no, like I mean, you just think about like was it uh, Chris Powell when he's saying, "Oh, well, Neves has gone there for a season," and and that's what we were thinking, one or two seasons maximum. And we're what now? I mean, look how much his hair's grown. I mean, like six seasons, he's fully ingratiated himself in Wolverhampton. He looks, um, he still makes the scruffy look look handsome, even though he he does look very Wolverhampton now. But no, yeah, just unbelievable performance again. Um, goals from inside the box now. He's just turned into an unbelievable footballer. I'm going to stop myself welling up because I'm going to miss him a lot when he inevitably leaves at the end of the season. <laughs> I think Dave's still holding out for him to sign a new contract. I've got, <laughs> yeah. I've got a feeling he will, mate. A good finish between now and the end of the season. And I think we, even if it's just a year, a year extension, one-year rolling contract, you know, one of those. But that, like I said earlier, that third goal was just a huge sigh of relief. Like the way Matinho won it back as well. Then, mm. And that's the, I think that's one of the, pros i think if he's happy like i think he's at the moment a definite to to be let go at the end of the season if he can come on and just give that energy for the last 10 15 minutes of a game because he wanted that ball more than any other liverpool midfielder the ball to adama was brilliant and then the difference between adama you know six months ago to now is massive looking up getting his head up and when neves control that ball it just seemed like an age before like it was just that moment between him actually shooting and him having that first touch it was like the longest second of my life perfectly and wasted just, as well that pass. yeah it was a brilliant brilliant yeah brilliant pass brilliant touch brilliant finish and that's yeah as soon as that goal went in i knew we got all three points it was mm. it was huge yeah it's just uh, like perhaps perhaps someone like lamina um allows Neves to play a little bit further forward though and has mm. a bit, bit more impact on game i prefer him a little bit deeper but when was the last time that we saw him make a lung busting run into the box? I remember Newcastle away, he scored a header. Like it doesn't mm. it doesn't happen very often, but Finn, it's an unbelievable touch and finish. It, it even sent Alison a little sent him to the shops and he was a little dummy possibly who's left. Well, yeah, well, as a as a previously discussed North Bank sufferer, it was a really it just looked like it was the easiest goal to score. But once you watch the the replays from close up, yeah, he does he does him with the eyes and then obviously goes with his with his weaker left foot. That must be one of his first ever goals with his left foot, really, for Wolves thinking about it. But um but no, yeah, he's much I've appreciated much more on, on second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth viewing. Um because I've watched it several, several times. Um 
But no, yeah, very underrated. Um, and I think is that that might be his first left footy goal. Anyway, not important. But no, yeah, wrapped up the three <laughs> points and obviously got to see uh, that that Rashford uh, clap back as well. So yeah, yeah he wasn't happy, was he, about these celebrations? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, you say that about watching it back though. Like I was up at half five this morning. Me and Missy's going to work and. She came into the living room. She was like, what are you watching? I was like, just watching the highlights from Saturday. She's like, you sad bastard. <laughs> I was like, nah, nah, it's because you're doing the podcast, ain't it? I just want to know. I just want to make sure I'm up to date yeah. everything, you know what I mean? But it's like, it's like the eight or nine time I've watched it. But like, but it's, Dave, the wins are few and far between at the minute. And the, and the, the feel-good moments, like, I, I feel like we've almost been a little bit desensitised to them under Nuno, because he obviously brought so many big, big wins over, over the traditional top six, but where does that rank since you've come up, Dave, in terms of performances? Performances is up there because not once have we... Maybe Manchester United last year under Large, which, again, were very few and far between. But this in hmm. terms of... And again, I know Liverpool weren't at their best and it wasn't Liverpool that have been challenging for titles and so on. But in terms of dominance over a, a big six side, you know, let's call them a big six side, in terms of dominance, that was one of our best performance best performances and I think it was good I think I don't know I, I still don't think it's sunk in for me because Liverpool are the one correct me if I'm wrong since we've come up they're the only big team that we haven't been able to beat in the league mm. you know we've been in the cup and so on but in the league we've really struggled against them um so I think it you know it was a huge win for us and it's it's got to be up there you know like you said Nuno had some massive wins and and some fantastic fantastic fight backs, but that was just pure dominance. It almost felt like you know the Arsenal game we played in midweek. We beat three one in the end. You know we were three 0 up at half time. It was almost like we got those early goals, killed the game off by half time. That was it. We knew we were getting it, going to get the three points. It's so rare to see that against a, a, a big side. And Finn, that was Ruben Neves' first left footed Wolves goal. Thank you, Dave. Well, I think that's the first time we've we've won by more than one goal this season, isn't it? As well, it was actually like a relaxing end to a game, well, a winning game. Yeah, there was no yeah, like. That's why when the third goal winning, I was like, yes, because I yeah. I knew if it was still two 0 at eighty minutes and Liverpool got a goal, then you know it was we were going to be sort of backs against the wall. But mm. yeah, the the way we would just boss them off the park for the last five minutes or so. It was like if if I was in that away end, I would have been angry. Like I would have been really upset. With, seats, you know, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was just a, a dominating performance. And I think one of you mentioned earlier about quickly scoring that those two goals. That was the quickest Wolves have been two 0 ahead since we beat Sheffield United in twenty twenty when we beat them two 0 Um, Jimenez and Sace. We actually were two 0 up in six minutes in that game. Is that the lockdown one? Yeah, yeah, you remember that was yeah, first game of the God. season. That's when I thought we yeah. were genuinely going to win the league. So yeah, we, 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 we were cooking that day. That was Wolves four point oh, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, that was yeah, it. yeah. That was it. Yeah. Pedence absolutely sent. Was it uh, Lundstrom? Lundstrom. No, it was yeah. a Darmer. Nah, nah. sent him as well. A little nutmeg sent him. Or, uh, or he just slid. And t- cut yeah, yeah. That was it. Because Adama did like a little roulette turn, didn't yeah. he? Finn, Finn can talk you about what? What's a roulette on on FIFA? Four star skill, three star skill, Finn. Salia three in it, a roulette. Yeah, it's nothing. L two, right stick all the way around. But I don't like a spinny one. I'm what? Yeah, don't like a. I'd stay away from yeah. roulettes. If you ever play with uh, that, or some pro clubs, I am. Oh, I'm, I'm. I'm very much a fan of just bashing the stick and see what happens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> never by design, but we do. We, we we've struggled, haven't we? Recently, Dave. <laughs> we've yeah, really yeah. struggled. Mid fin back, I think. Yeah, yeah. we've been. Uh, yeah, we've, we've slipped down the leagues, but. Less about pro clubs, more about bet, mate. So it wasn't just a good week for Wolverhampton Wanderers. It was also a fantastic week for Talking Wolves. So um, in the free pot, we had Jordan, Talking Wolves Jordan, who finished top and won 40 quid and followed closely behind was also our very own Dave Azapardi, who won £22. Dave, uh, what does this mean to you? What's more important, the free point for the 22 quid? (laughs) A bit of both, and mate, remember but... that BitMate are a partner of ours, so please don't be disrespectful. Well, obviously, people that watched the preview, we did it with uh, Chris from the Red Men, and uh, he'd gone full Liverpool, and I had as well. I'd gone full Liverpool, uh, and then you know what? I was driving to the game. I was aware, obviously, you know, we had five minutes to, to before uh, kickoff, we could change the team. I was driving to the game, and I thought, as soon as I park up, I'm changing that to full Wolves. I just had a feeling, 
Uh, and like I said earlier, when Elvis came on, bosh, I knew we were going to win. So I was glad. Um, <laughs> my only, I fought Captain Neves, but a Captain Nunes, who still had a good game in Betmate for Betmate. Um, and I'd Neves there, I think it was my vice. So that's how George just about edged me because he had Neves as his captain. But yeah, dominant performance uh, by me and George at the top there. I think you, you not... had a pretty heavy Wolves team and you didn't finish in the paid places, did you? I know. I'm just looking at it now because I was fuming because, I, as, I, as I said, with Lamina, I think it's because I captained Sar- Sarabia, Sarabia. Like, I really badge backed him to score for some reason. And obviously, he had a good happen, game, but... by the way. Oh, yeah, 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 he did. I, I yeah. thought he was pretty average. Was phenomenal. Yeah, with Sarabia. How are we going with this? Sarabia or Sarabia? Sarabia. Sarabia. I didn't um, appreciate the ball to Huang um, enough at the time. But so then on, yeah, on second yeah, viewing. Um, but didn't you, did you vice or captain the keeper, Dave? Because obviously I heard that in the yes. opposition. Yes, that was it. That was it. So that just captain feels Nunes. hollow to me. I think that's a bit pervy. Captain Captain Nunes and vice <laughs> Joe Cesar. Yeah, yeah. So that's no, why, you know, if, I think you've got to be fortunate because if you can get a clean sheet and a couple of saves, you're laughing. It's a nah, big risk there. That's winning dirty. Don't like that. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did watch the preview. Chris was bright. And you went, Dave. You can't go against your own teammates. You can't do that. Yeah, that's why I changed. Wait, he's he, he's won you the money. He got into your head, old Padgett. Got into your head. He's done you a massive favour. But I'll tell you what, Saturday was a was a great day all round for for me, for you guys, for for Betmate, for for whoever. Apart from. Which is which is quite ironic, really, because Betmate are based in Liverpool, so yeah, a little bit close. No, so they went quiet in the group chat, mate, didn't they? Very quiet, actually. Very quiet. Um, (laughs) Very very quick to respond this morning about the pot, but normally get a bit of banter, but nothing today. (laughs) Nothing. Normally, normally Declan Declan's a a big red, and he must be on annual leave or something because nothing, nothing, never not even been active. So if anyone has seen Declan from Betmate, drop a comment because we are starting to get a little bit worried about him. I'm sure he'll be back out on Tuesday if they beat Real Madrid. Um, <laughs> but yeah, fantastic week. But moving on, guys, to the game we've gone on Saturday, and I'm really, really looking forward to going to this now. I feel like it's it's a, it's a it's almost a foregone conclusion that we're going to go down there and dive and put about four past them. I know it's important not to get ahead of ourselves. What did you say about um, Chef, uh, about Forest? Forest. We could go, oh, we'll yeah. go down and beat them four or five easily. They're the worst team I've seen down the Molyneux for years. Yeah, <laughs> the worst team I've seen down Molyneux for years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, talking of Sean Dyche, Dave, do you remember your comments about him a few months ago? I, I do, and I don't wish to bring them up, to be honest. Okay, I think okay. someone brought them up on the comments section last week, so I'm not, I'm not bringing it up again. <laughs> oh, anyway, Southampton versus Wolves on Saturday, Dave. We're going down. Um this is a very good opportunity to put a bit of daylight between us and, and the bottom three, isn't it? Again, it, it all changes very quickly, but this is this is a golden opportunity, especially if Nathan Jones is still in charge. Yeah, so as of right now, it looks like he um, he will be still manager, but his comments yeah. at the weekend were extremely strange. And I think, you know, for a man that's still fairly new to the job, he's under a hell of a lot of pressure. Um, I thought it was a weird appointment at the time, to be honest. And I, he's only wins against City in the cup, so I don't think he's won in the league um, as of right now. Uh, so huge pressure going on him. So I think it's going to go one of two ways. I can't see it ending as a draw. One of these teams is going to win, and at the moment, I think Wall should be firm favourites for it, especially with the way that we've been playing. But like you've just said, if we can if we can get a win today uh, on Saturday, sorry. I think going into the Bournemouth game, I think I, I don't know what the the sort of um, speculation, if if any, or pressure is on O'Neill at the moment as well at Bournemouth, because genuinely we could go for the next two weeks and get both of those managers sacked. I think because Gary O'Neill's not in a great position, uh, Nathan Jones isn't in a great position, and two wins we could possibly get both of those managers sacked. But his comments on Saturday were just absolutely ridiculous. And as a fan, I'd be seething with what he said about Southampton. So, um, yeah, some real pressure on him. And I think it could go really toxic at St Mary's against them if, if we start well early on. What For those who, who don't know about the comments, what, what were them? So, I know he said that at Luton he was one of the best in Europe. So, so yeah, basically he said that he was pandering. He'd been pandering to too many people, such as the fans. So, but now he's going to do it his way. And I thought, but surely he's a manager of a Premier League club. And if you think you've done so well previously, you'd do it your way anyway, uh, if that has gone so well previously. But so 
straight away, if you're take if you're like berating the fans, straight that's like me saying, oh, he should start um, Diego Costa up front, Lopetegui, and he reads my tweet and starts Diego Costa and then blames me after the game, which is, you know, if we lose, no, it's your decision. Just take the blame for it. No, so you'd already be down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, he's just using excuse, trying to blame everyone but himself. Even the yeah. players, I think, would be disappointed with that. But but they had a twenty ones fixture on the Friday before the match, like the, in the I think it was the International Premier League Cup or whatever it was. And he they played about four first teamers in that under twenty ones game the day before a Premier League match. So like, um, who was one of the new foot that Orsic? He played in the under twenty ones game. Really? On Friday, I saw he put and, um, some sort of like dig Instagram story on or something that all the South they, Southampton they played. Uh, they played two of the Belicotchap, I think, played in that game. Um, somebody else as well, and I thought, what is he doing? Yeah, the so, um, the thing that well got a lot of Southampton fans, and I think would get me if it was the other way, like if it was a, a Wolves manager, was that they said every single time they've lost, which has been most times. In the press conference, he refers to as they have done this, as in Southampton as they. And then when they beat Man City, it was we. We've done this well. We so he said this basically. It's like you're claiming the the very small good bits, but then distancing oh, yeah. yourself. So it's like it's got to be that sort of team mentality. And he's, I saw he was like throwing Lavia under the bus for like not having a good performance. It's like yeah. mate, like keep him on side. Looks like a gem. So it just really, really strange because um, I I went to school with a guy that play now plays for Luton. Um, and Nathan Jones gave him his debut in the cup and whether it was contractual, but he didn't have a bad word to say about him. Um, whether that was, yeah, just sort of. He's he he meant to, to be. It's just really weird how he's gone because he's been so good at Luton both times, but to snake him twice and then to, he seems like he's, yeah, he had a disaster. Yeah, but he went to Stoke and was absolute dog shit. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Behind so behind the scenes, apparently, like talk, as a talker and as a, like if he wanted to sign you right now as a player, apparently like he's like, presentation skills are phenomenal like genuinely mm. like he could it like if they had the funds to sign someone he would be able to convince them to join but obviously tactical that doesn't translate i think jesse marsh is probably the same as well did really well i think he was quite fortunate with the talent that he had at salzburg and so on mm. but yeah he's not done brilliantly at leeds so um yeah, it'd be, I think he'd be nice. He seems a bit of a cocky git anyway, Nathan Jones. So I'll be, I'll be happy yeah. to get one over on him, get him sacked on Saturday. It, it, genuinely, if we beat them, 5 30, he'd be gone, guaranteed. Yeah, if anyone, yeah, but if you go on any Southampton tweet at the moment, they've made, like, the fans have made this little graphic, and basically every single tweet is just this graphic saying Jones out, Jones out, Jones out. So yeah. if anyone wants to see the sort of mood around there, yeah. Was well, he had like eight games, cocky. is it? Seven, eight games? I think he's eight games, one winning eight. Um, <laughs> Which isn't which is which isn't great by anyone's standards, but do you, I, I mean this could play into Wolves' hands, and it probably won't because it's Wolves. But Finn, do you think it could be all the? I mean, the way he's reacted, Dave said about the team selection with the under twenty three. It's all the hallmarks of a manager who who knows he's on the way out. Do you feel yeah. that obviously with the Orsic cryptic Instagram post throwing players under the bus, the players know another couple of defeats, maybe one more, he's gone then. It could, you know, could work in Wolves' favour. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't think players, I think I was listening to Ben Foster's thing recently where players don't, they're not going to down tools, they're not going to write, say, right, we'll lose against Wolves and then he'll be gone. Mm. Although I did see, like, relating to Jesse Marshall, a lot of the Leeds players were liking the post of him being sacked um, on Instagram. Oh, really? Today. So maybe it does happen more than you think. Uh, but no, in this one, yeah, it's a real good opportunity. I mean, they have got the ace card of Paul Anuachu. Um, so Gosh. you never know, he could grab an early hat trick. Um whether he'll know about those goals or not, like normal, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, Patrick, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I mean, you've got to got to be looking at, well, six points in the next two. Um, if we've got the ambitions that we have to to try and get a comfortable, well, more comfortable mid, uh, mid-table mid finish. So, feeling quite confident. They did sign some good players in January. I don't think they've um, they've actually given, is it Suleimano debut? Obviously, as a, going back to FIFA. He was superb in Silver Stars <laughs> last year. So um, there's a few. They seem to have their recruitment department, at the very least, have, have got a few good names in. But if he's going to tell them, like Nathan Jones is going to tell them all their shit, and he's a, one of the best managers in Europe at Luton, I think we'll be uh, winning on the team motivation side at the very least. If they went down, would you take Ward Prowse? I know we're pretty stacked in centre mid at the minute. There, mm. I actually think like in possession as well, and, and out of possession, he's not just set piece. I think he's a really good footballer. But, oh, but free kicks, you, would he want to leave? Because he, he just feels like one of them, 
one. I think if they went down, mate, he'd be gone. He'd be gone. But I think I think even someone like Spurs or something would take a put on him. You think? Do you think those, do you think just those set pieces alone, though, like match winners, aren't they? Mm. Or Newcastle. Yeah, Screams Newcastle, I think, actually. Yeah, sure. Yeah, he could do. He could Oxford do. Let's sorry, not talk about if they went down, who would take it. Let's yeah, not jump the yeah. gun. Let's not, <laughs> let's not jump the gun. But know, uh, they, like you said there, I feel like they made on paper some good signings, but every single signing they made, I saw it went on Twitter. Why are we signing him? I didn't realize we can't sign every single other player in the world. We can't do it, Chelsea. We can't buy all the footballers, so there's none left to play. That's not like the Orsic signing. Oh, it'd have made a big difference. As we've currently got 34 wingers, (laughs) in terms of we've got still got too many now. That's probably why, um, why Gedge left. But, um, Dave, selection headache for. For Lopetegui at the weekend, go unchanged. Doesn't like Quang or play. Who comes in for him? Um, difficult, man. It's it's difficult. I think if if Quang's okay, but I don't think it sounds like he's not. Um, I would. I think you go unchanged bar bar that one. So I don't know. Pedent obviously is the one at the moment who started off pretty brightly under Lopetegui. Um, probably go with Pedent. Although Adama did did obviously start quite well as well. So I think there's like there's options there for him, isn't it? Because you could always put Cunha on on the wing and bring him in as in. Who I think it's unfair the 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 tweets he was getting about him this weekend because I thought the you know we've just won three 0 and people are just directing the abuse at him, which I found really really strange. Um, it's not a game of football, lad. So I'll just be happy for a little bit. There was there was three there was three instances I remember from him. The one was just a speculative half volley from about forty yards, which I don't really get what he did. To be fair. The second one, when he went through on goal and he was quite unselfish and he gave it to Dharma, I think he should have gone himself. And the third one, where he looked well off, but Trent was quite wide and playing him on. And he did the same thing where he just volleyed it from 30 yards and it went wide. But I actually thought he sacrificed quite a bit and he looked all right. Um, I don't think he'll start. I don't think he's fit enough to start. I think he's going to be one of those players like Martinho where you can bring him on for that last 20 minutes, a bit of experience. Um I think you'd probably go Pedenza over Huang. Mm. Other than that, you've got to stay unchanged. What's the, what's the matter with Costa? Is he carrying a knock? I, don't, I just think he's out of favour. Uh, mm. Was he on, was that he on show, the bench for the weekend? No, him and Totti weren't on the bench and Jao Gomez wasn't either. But that just shows the depth we've got at the minute. Yeah, Gomez earned the stand though because he's not played for like two and a half months, has he? Uh, you know, yeah, Jao Gomez, Totti Gomez and uh, Diego. Totti Gomez, Gomez out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you still got Neto as well to get on there as well. Yeah. Crazy. Mm. Mad. Good to have about a place, though, isn't he, Costa? Compared, really yeah. Compared to the first game of the season where we had, what, Chem Campbell, Mosquera, Tom Rouse, Dazzling Day. Yeah. <laughs> Nathan <laughs> Judah. <laughs> bench. War a bench. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it, it's options. It's options to change the game and also see out the game. So, Lopetegui made a comment and then he goes, um, nobody in my team should be happy to be on the bench. They should all want to be playing. So, which I think is really good, and it'd be interesting if that Dan Bentley signings obviously pushed Jose Sato on to have a better game on on Saturday as well. I suppose we'll we'll wait and see. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe. Moving on to the bet, mate. Pot though, uh, the pot for the weekend's game is part of a wider pot. It's a Saturday three pm kickoff pot, so it's up on the bet, mate app now if you want to get involved. So. It's just five pound in for your chance to win six hundred pound. Now there could also be a free pot uh, with this as well within within the uh, within the fixture. So make sure you keep your eyes out, eyes peeled for that. That's part of uh, the free freebie. Th- easy enough for me to say freebie February <laughs> um, promotion that Betmate are running. But lads, can we can we talk through the teams? Can we start with you, Dave? Is that okay, mate? Why why have we picked this team? Yeah, yeah, sure. So. Interesting one, quite difficult as well because of the amount of games that are on it, if I'm honest. But I've gone with uh Kalo Navas in goal. I thought he had a really good, uh, solid debut for Forest uh, over the weekend. Um, I think Fulham will pose a similar attacking threat to Leeds. Um, I thought Leeds, you know, should have done better against Forest yesterday, but I think he's gonna have plenty of saves there and still, you know, slim chance of the, of the clean sheet as well. Um, a stupid nan. For for Brighton, obviously Brighton's still doing really well. Um, he's getting a lot of decent points, got a good average over the last four or five games. So I've gone with him and Gabriel of Arsenal. Um 
Brentford are a good side, but I'm back Arsenal to bounce back, especially at home. Gone Neves as captain. I'm just backing our boy again. Um, I thought he was phenomenal and I'm backing to do well again against Southampton this weekend. Next to Jao Palinha. He's probably one of the only players I'm umming and ahhing about at the moment. Again, I think his average is really, really good. Uh, and I think against Forest, he, you know, be a good midfield battle in there, probably. Harry Kane, his voice, started to hit the goals over the last couple of games. And uh, Bukayo Saka up top. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, it looks looking at Pena there. I think that's a, a great shout, to be honest. I've not thought about putting that in. Hopefully, Dave, though, he picks up a, a, a booking because he's on eight at the minute. So if he picks up a booking in, in this game and the following game, I'll miss the game against Wolves. Will he not? Yeah, 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 probably actually, yeah, yeah, so probably, hopefully, oh, yeah. Not probably he will, yeah, so yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. He, he will pick up a yellow card and he will miss the game, yes. against Wolves, so. <laughs> yeah, he's on eighth, so he needs another couple before that fixture. And there's two match weeks, so hopefully that happens. Finn, can you talk me through your teammate and why you think it's going to take um, a share of the spoils? Um, after last week, picking a whole Wolves team and somehow still not getting anywhere near, I'm not too confident, but um. I have got Sanchez in goal from Brighton. I was just thinking, because the games, none of them scream a really good goalkeeper. But yeah, I thought, what's the sort of one way you could... Tight games on saves, well. Also a clean sheet. Yeah, so yeah, I suppose um, I've got you've got the stupid bit of the Brighton clean sheet in there, Dave, as well. So optimistic on that one. Anthony Robinson seems to pick up ridiculous points for Fulham. I was looking, so I've gone him against Forrest. Um, Leicester are playing Tottenham, so I've wanted a bit of Tottenham everything, really. So I went with Perisic and I've got a Tottenham player to come as well. I might go for Porro. I don't know if he plays. Just something a little bit exciting in there as a new signing who probably won't do very well. Uh, I've viced Jao Polina. You've really not thought um, about this. Oh, yeah, he's really thrown really, straight. Really positive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, like Leicester, I think they're bottom of the XG. Well, like top of the XG conceded since the restart. So I wanted as much Tottenham as possible. But obviously, you can only have two players um, with these sorts of ones. Yeah, so I've gone Polina, just, yeah, just sweeps up. And I think if he's playing deeper and, and Forrest likes to just spam through balls, don't they, to their vibey lot up front. So hopefully can cut a few of those out and uh, get some big points. I've got Jensen, who has a, a really good average for uh, basically breaking stuff up as well. And they've got Arsenal, so I thought they'd like to be busy in that area. And I've captained Harry Kane, hoping that that uh, XG thing comes through. And then I've had to back Wolves somewhere. So I've gone Cunha, who looked bright, against Liverpool. Very, very, very nice. So I've gone with Jose Sarr in goal, and I've also vice captain him. Now, if anyone watched a preview with uh, Chris Padrick from the Redmen, I believe his colleague had, had won quite a considerable amount of money by vice captain and captain goalkeepers because he said you can. This is this is what he said: you can earn up to around twenty points for captain a goalkeeper. So I'm expecting Wolves to keep a clean sheet, but Jose Sarr to you know face a few shots. So. That's why I'm I'm going with Jose Sarr as vice captain. It could be a stroke of genius. It could could fall flat on its backside. I'm probably going to be the latter, but we'll see. <laughs> then I've gone for Anthony Robinson and Esp Espooning. I can't even say. Estupinan. Call him Purvis. Is you know his first name is Purvis. That's why. So that's why I, I go with that. It's great first name. Yeah. Uh, Purvis Estupinan. Uh, the back two. Then my midfield two are Martin Odegaard and Mitoma. Um, then I've gone Eddie Nketiah and Harry Kane, captain up front, fresh off the record amount of goals for uh, Tottenham Hotspur. So that's my team. I just think there's there's a lot of goals there, and that's what I'm banking on. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping for a bit of stroke of genius with the vice captain of Jose Sar. So we shall see, won't we? We shall see. So that's the Saturday 3pm pot. And it's £5 in for your chance to win £600. And the beauty of bet, mate, is uh, you can change your team up until five minutes before kickoff. So if you pick your team now and some of your players aren't starting on the bench, make sure you change those before five minutes up until kickoff. And of course, with all of that, please gamble away. Right then, chaps, moving on to the questions. So thanks for those who sent in their questions via Twitter for this week. Richard has asked if you could control the music at Molyneux, which song would you choose from five minutes prior to the teams coming out and at the end of the game if we win? Dave, I'll come to you first, mate. Sensible suggestions, please. I think you stick with the Elvis for five minutes before. Um, you got to. You basically keep the same song until you lose. And at the moment, Elvis is unbeaten uh, five minutes before kickoff. So you, you keep that. I don't know, after the game. I, I like the you know the classics that they go in now. Um, 
after the game, you've either got um, you're rocking all over the world. Mm. You always, mm. yeah. yeah. Um, like Erasure, respect. That always one goes down well. That was Crusaders away. That one. Any any of those proper little karaoke song. Anything that we performed in Benidorm should be up there. To be fair. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm happy with those um, two choices. Finn, what about you, mate? I don't know. I haven't got massively strong opinions of a song that they should really go for. Any Led Zeppelin always goes down well, doesn't it, yeah. with the connections? But I, I liked Black. You know when they do Black and Gold? It's not necessarily yeah. like a uh, karaoke one, but it was very relevant. Before the, um, before the game, classic, that one, yeah, that one should be on, to be fair. Yeah, just at some point. like It would be rude not Don't to. Don't gold and black, <laughs> mate. <laughs> <laughs> black and yellow for really stretching. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, or mm-hmm. you go back to glorious after the game. If we're going classic. That's if classic, a loss. That's so a loss. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, a loss. Yeah, we'll do that. That's beautiful. Glorious. Even if it's not even if it's not raining, just go yeah. stairs will be slippery. Please mind your way out. Walking on Atkinson Stanley three. Please mind your way out while you. I don't know. Like I, I love high ho silver lining, but that's obviously after players come out. Um. What, they played what that, by the way, at the start of the second half, and they timed it absolutely brilliantly. So they must have started it as the ref come out of the tunnel because uh, they did it from uh, right at the start of the song. And as he put the ball on the ground, it's as we sang Hi Ho's Wolverhampton and he cut off and then we kicked off. Mm-hmm. Like the tie on it was like bang on. But again, that just got everyone straight up for it in the second half as well. Yeah, but, I don't think. Yeah, I like that one. I know he, he appears quite a lot, but. Simon, 53, bald head from Bilston, probably doesn't appreciate Panda. Yeah. So that probably... Uh, Yeah, it's not brilliant, yeah. Respect Bilston, though. Obviously, it was Kanye West, but seems to be less of an appetite to play him after his comment. Um, I I think that what they need to do more of is, you know, back in the Championship, where we had, like, Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds and we had Cashmere by um, the Scala cover, but you have, like, video content that matched it like that's what i think they need to do more of and i know obviously it's massive resource on the content team but that's what you need i like used to watch that and every single time you used to get goosebumps and then they used to have the um like the beating heart didn't they with the like the wolves badge like that used to be class that did um Mm. so i mean stuff like that and then after the game for me it's gotta be tears of fears i think it's it's so synonymous now with like massive wins that are the the I think we first played it after beating United in the cup, didn't we? Mm. Yeah. Um, so for me, it, it would be that. Um, Wolves AW has asked how many points would we be happy with out of the next three games? So as Dave mentioned earlier, Southampton, Bournemouth and Fulham. Bournemouth at home, Southampton away and Fulham away. How many points do you reckon, Dave? Nine. I think nine is doable, but not getting ahead of myself. I'd be more than happy with seven, I think, from the next three. Yeah, take seven. I think I'd take six if the six were against the first two, if you know what I mean. So you win the six points. I agree, yeah. I do get, yeah. Yeah. I think as long as we're taking points off those teams in and around us, you know, we're laughing. Fulham have done way better than what I expected this season, to be fair to them. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think we're more than good enough, yeah, to, to get yeah, points. Yeah, I'll tip them to go down. I, I remember saying to Fulham fans, we'll have Palinho off you when you go down <laughs> for the last yeah. couple of weeks. I've been thinking, oh, no. <laughs> Search, tweets, delete. Delete. Yeah. <laughs> At M. Cooper writes, paying you. <laughs> Search, delete. Goodbye. Um, I think we'll get seven points and I'd be happy with seven points, but I wouldn't be surprised okay. if we got three. I wouldn't be surprised if we got nine because I think that, and it, and it comes on to another couple of questions we've got here. I feel like we, it's important that we just keep ourselves a little bit grounded here. Yes, we've mm-hmm. just like, come off a massive win and a big win and much improved, but let's just, you know, let's just be sensible about things. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Martin is asking, can you think of a better Wolves win in the Premier League given the opposition and pressure, Finn? Yeah, I think... I don't know, there's something in the back of my mind about this one is that, like, it didn't feel as massive because, like, when Salah was getting into the box, I didn't feel like, oh my God, this is Mo Salah. It was like, oh, he's missed again. Like, it didn't feel as sort of massive when we beat you know like when you beat prime city and then like the uh 
I suppose the Premier League doesn't count, but like the FA Cup, the Man United game in the FA Cup. Um, so it's probably, I'd say maybe th- three or four or five, maybe higher. But you you make a good point with the, the pressure on the situation as well. Um, so it, yeah, probably up there, but something in the back of my mind isn't getting too, too overboard just because of, I mean, I think Liverpool's last three away games have been slapped by three goals every time. So maybe I'm being a little bit pessimistic because of the situation we're in, but maybe if we look back at the end of the season, it will be the turning point and be a massive game. Dave? Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, it's it's one of them because it's because Liverpool are in such a bad patch. I don't think it feels as big as probably it should be. But the amount of stats and sort of league, you know, games that we've played with them, without, especially at home without winning, is a, it's a long run. Um, but I think mm-hmm. like the win, the win against City a few years ago around Christmas was like just phenomenal. Like that, that sort of game, it was just, that just felt unbelievable. And that's still up there for me. But um, especially being two two nil down in that match to come back and win, but I, I, it, it's up there. This game's definitely up there. I think it's almost a bit like that Arsenal game, like I mentioned earlier. Beating three one doesn't really get spoke about much, but mm. imagine saying even between now in the last five years, someone was three nil up against Arsenal at half time. It's it, that's going to be rare, yeah. surely. So you know, I just think I think that well, this will be one of those games in three or four years. Oh, you remember we beat Liverpool three nil? Be like, oh yeah. yeah. You won't, it's not going to be one that comes off the top of your head straight away. Hmm. Uh, next question comes from Hamza, who's asked, who's the most improved player under Eulen Lopetegui? Samedo? I think there's a lot, to be fair, isn't there? I think Samedo's up there. Pedence? Pedence, definitely yeah. there. Samedo got worse point. and then got better, didn't he? He had a yeah. <laughs> different start. We're a bit of a redemption arc, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, Samedo, last yeah. few weeks, I think it's just going to, it's probably going to come in spells. Pedence in January, but the last couple of weeks, he's not really, well, he's not started, has he? So, I don't know no. if he's out of favour or picked Yeah, he's had an injury though as well, hasn't he? Yeah. So. Um, and now it's Samedo. But if we can have these patches where, even ain't Nori, like, with Hugo Bueno playing so well, he, uh, me included, I think everyone was almost just finding trying trying to find a way to shoehorn Ain't Nori into their teams, and obviously we saw that as, a, as, as him playing left wing um, quite a few times. But I think everyone it, it's just had a positive impact on anyone. Nunes as well, mm. the amount of people saying you're N- wasting money. Yeah, Nunes, um, as in our Nunes, he uh, he was a bit of an easy one to improve, wasn't he? Because we literally just dropped him into deeper midfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously barring the game at the weekend, but that was probably the easiest one to improve straight away, just play him in position and that magically worked. But yeah, a lot of players. It's good shout. I think, yeah, Nunes is probably the obvious one as well. Mm. Um, Wolves Josh has said, what should be the goals for next season? Should we stop up again? Getting a bit too ahead of ourselves, but Finn, what should be the goals? <laughs> uh, let's get clipped up. Why not? We'll go for Europe. Um, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> when we inevitably go down um, but no to be fair I, th- I was listening to something earlier when um, it was like a sort of neutral football show talking about um, Wolves and they said well if you, you've you come up against Sarabia, Cunha, Huang players like this, Nunes in Champions League games, I mean the, the teams they are playing at it's, it looks like a European level attacking force at the very least so I think next season mid-table at a minimum but if you see what Brentford, Brighton are doing at the moment I'd say Seems like Brentford. We've got better players on paper, so a lot of teams will say it next season. I will aim for Europe, but I think we could be one of those with with such a, a high pedigree manager. The players we managed to bring in, I think you could probably go for it. But yeah, let's stay up this season first, and then we'll think about that. I think I think the effect that Lopetegui's had on players, the team transfers. I think we can get to <clears throat> stay up this season and get to summer. I think not necessarily the league, but you know, Sky's. Sky's the limit for us, really, you know, short term. I, I would just be happy with us having a good season, top half finish, not necessarily pushing sort of top six, top seven, but top half finish. Because mm. the last two years, uh, well, this year, but probably the last 12 months, really, we've been we've been crap. You know, Bruno Lars started off really well. It's been crap. So I just want to try and have a season where we're going into every game thinking, hold on, we might get something out of this game. Maybe a nice little cup run because we sort of written those off this year as such, although we did okay in the Carabao. But top half finish, bring in a couple of players. It's inevitable this season, this summer, we're going to lose some top players. But yeah, let's try and win some more football matches. It'd be lovely, really. Andy Willis has asked if we could re- reset the season. Where do you think we could finish with these manager and these players? Also, keep up the good work, boys. Thank you, Andy. Cheers, Andy. Dave? 
if we were to reset the season, where do you think we could? I, I, honestly, I love these questions. After the City game, was I think we, I think we, I think we're done. Yeah. Think we could. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a similar question, isn't it? It's like yeah, it's basically eighth or ninth, I'd say eighth mm. or ninth. Finn. <sighs> See, when you think of like the season, the off seasons that Chelsea, Liverpool have had, there were there are spaces up there if we had this team from the start, because obviously those teams will probably be um, much better next season. So it just kind of affect the, the question from just purely next season. I, I, yeah, probably similar to Dave. Um, yeah, I think we'd be pushing eighth. Or yeah, eighth, seventh, eighth, maybe a little conference league finish. <laughs> I think. Probably about 11 or 12, personally. Um, and uh, Mitch Brown has asked, have we finally solved our striker issues by signing Craig Dawson? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's offered, he's offered more than, you know, he'll offer more of a threat. Every set piece seemed to be, I don't know if it was a coincidence, but aimed towards him. Yeah. Um, so I think they know that, you know, he's capable. The one thing that was interesting, I thought they didn't trust Dawson enough on the ball. In, in regards to whenever Samedo had it on the right, it was very rare that he actually turned and went back to, to Dawson. Um, and I don't know if that will change or that's through instruction. Um, but, you know, going forward, we've got one hell of a threat there. And I think, yeah, hopefully we get, we get a few goals off him for, between now and the end of the season. Yeah, because, like, he's not... He's not, the, he's not the... I mean, he's not the biggest, is he? He's not like, he's not like Kilman, who's like 6'4", 6'5". But what he does do is, and it's what we've been really missing, especially from defending set pieces, is... Just aggression, yeah. Like, well, just, go, just attacking the ball. He apps. I don't know if you saw this, Matt, but he absolutely flattered Nunes. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> right before half time, went and I thought, oh, booking right on half time. But Nunes really didn't like it because he kept having words with him, kept trying to go in on him late as well. But you know, kept his cool. And similar to um, that was Anderson, wasn't it from yeah. Palace? He got into Nunes' head and ends up nutting yeah. him and getting sent off. So I thought something similar could happen, but. Yeah, he dealt with it really well and, yeah, really solid debut from him. And just a, a final question, just, a, I don't know, something a little bit more fun. When you go to the chip shop, lads, what's your, what's your ideal order? I always get I always get hounded for mine, but I have like a tikka wrap and chips idea. There's nothing wrong with that. But nothing it, wrong any, with that. Anyone outside of like the West Midlands cannot understand it. I speak to people from like down London way, and they're like, "We said chip shop, not a like curry house." I was like, "Yeah, but chicken, do like chicken tea." But that's my go-to: chicken tea well, wrap yeah. and uh, chips. When I lived up north, like you have, it's so fucking strange compared to the Midlands. So your chip shops will serve chips and Chinese. Yeah, if you yeah. want a kebab, you have to go to a kebab house. Mm. It's like honestly, when I went up there and said like, "Well, in our chip shops, you don't have like." Chinese and sweet and sour, you have like you have kebabs on the back, and all like, yeah. what? Well, if it was a standard chippy, I'd, I'm happy with fish and chips and mushy peas, to be fair. Right? Oh, I'd awesome. eat, I'd have anything. Same like curry sauce, on, I, I, I love curry sauce on a chippy as well. So, anything like all the American listeners here are like, what the fuck's going on? You know, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you don't have a Twinkie with your chips? Yeah. Or I've just defended all of Talking Wolves American listeners. I am so sorry. What do you go for? Plain chips, plain fish, no butter. No, but it's, it's lining you both. Buttered sausage. Yeah, yeah. I, I love a jumbo sausage. Um, <laughs> what, do you mean, what do you mean by that? <laughs> yeah, I, I just always, I never liked fish as a kid, so I'd always have the jump. Well, you know, you get like the two little sausages, a big jumbo sausage, and I've never really gone, gone away from it. Um, but yeah, mushy peas, gravy, jumbo sausage, chips. Gravy, yes, gravy, so. You must get that from your mum, mate, because she's a northern lass, isn't she? <laughs> oh, yeah, gravy on everything. Yeah, I love gravy. I've, I mean, mine's mixed meat and chips. Um, gravy on my Weetabix. Gravy on your Weetabix. Mixed meat <laughs> and chips. Garlic mayo salad. Oh, I've got it, mayo as well. There's a, there's a chippy, mat. I don't know if you'd like this. Um, got to be on Yeah, there's a chippy in Codsall. He does like, if you have salad and stuff on a wrap, he, put, he has like, I don't know what he calls it, but he has like a salad, like olives and stuff in there as well. Oh, I mean, like a but it's quite, it's quite nice to be fair. Is it like a giros or is it just sort of like, no, a, like a proper, like a proper wrap you'd have from a chippy, but like in part of the salad, you can have like olives and stuff in there as well. And where's this codzel? Yeah, but it is a Greek guy that owns it. So, it's oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 I mean, it's posh out there, though, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's nicer. 
Yeah, Chippy's bar me, you get lettuce, onion, and a bit of white cabbage, and that's about it. And you can yeah. spass it on the way out. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that's my order. Um, just before we close the show, we've also got a message from one of our other partners at Football Prizes. So, they've got a wonderful Pedro Neto prize up on their site right now. So, it's a Pedro Neto signed and framed Wolves football boot. Um, but not only that, there's there's a load of instant prizes you can win as well. So there's uh, there's a, there's a Pedro Neto signed wool shirt. There's a Pedro Neto signed and framed walls montage, and there's also four lots of five pound football prize site credit. So go and have a go at that. It's three pound ninety five a ticket, and those instant wins you'll get notified straight away if you've won them. So if you do win them, make sure you tag us on Twitter and let us know that you've won that. So you know there's some fantastic prizes in there. That's over at football prizes. The link will be in the description down below. Um, and it's £3.95 to enter. Chaps, absolute pleasure. Again, as always, it's always a pleasure to do it on, off the back of a win. Hopefully next week we can mm. we can do the same. Dave, thank you again. Where can people find you, should they wish? No problem. Enjoyed it, lads. Yeah, it's at Dave as a party on Twitter, Instagram, and obviously the old LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Finn, where can people find you, should they wish to follow you? Uh, Finners everywhere, and for once, there is a video up that just went live this evening. Well, well yesterday for people listening. Nice. So uh, on YouTube, F I N E double R Z, um, and then I'll be on the overlap tomorrow as well. So catch me on the. Oh, on the, on my well, yeah. Gary you slipped that one in. Sorry, Finn, you just yeah. dropped that name there, man. You want to pick that back up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, oh, my wife. I didn't get what you said then, but go and have another go. I just said, you know, all the best with it. <laughs> no, I'm not even joking. Like, I didn't get what you said again. <laughs> have a nice time Finn have a good time mate okay thanks mate yeah, yeah. it was meant to be live but it's not anymore so it'll be I don't know when it'll be out but yeah I'll be on there and I'll um, I don't know I'll give Carragher some stick from all of us why do you think it's not live anymore because of the city announcement well I'd, yeah I don't think I don't know what I don't think I'll get much airtime at all because of the, all those announcements I think every team that's going to be on there are pretty much in crisis for some reason or another aren't they so they might go, oh, good result for now. I'll go, yeah. And they go, right, thank you very much. Um, but yeah, I don't know why it's changed, but yeah, exciting. Yeah, the, the, the fact that those clubs are in crisis twin with the fact that you could put a glass eye to sleep probably means you won't get much airtime. So <laughs> <laughs> sorry, mate. It's the, that internet's playing up again. I don't know what you, I don't know what you said. You're okay. Still there. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear that one either. <laughs> <laughs> we'll brush that past that one I'm M Cooper writes on Twitter Matt Cooper bites on all of the socials you want to keep up with the curries I've been cooking um, and we are talking walls across all socials Facebook Twitter uh, YouTube Instagram and of course LinkedIn uh, if you've enjoyed the show let us know like the video uh, drop a few comments and if you're new here subscribe and until next time, hopefully we're reporting on another Wolves win on next week's podcast. But until then, take care and look after yourselves.